This is ASI, episode 138. My name is Russ Shaw. Thanks for hanging out with me again today. What is up, people? Anyway, continuing on with the Tenth Commandment, one of the many inspirations for doing this series of shows on the Decalogue is this band right here, the Good Shaw. There's no way to Actually, the inspiration was an album that the Good Charlotte had um, called The Chronicles of Life and Death. You know, listening to that album, listening at the same time I got that album, right, like used from a used uh, CD store, <laughs> I was also listening to lectures by John Frame on the Decalogue, right, the Ten Commandments. John Frame, brilliant uh, seminary professor at Reformed Theological Seminary. He's written a ton of books. Just a very brilliant man. Love this guy. Never heard the Ten Commandments taught like that. It was just awesome. So while I'm listening to that, I'm also listening to Good Charlotte's album, The Chronicles of Life and Death, and going, wow, this is, right, These these are there's a correlation here. This could be the soundtrack for what he's talking about <laughs> a little bit, right? So anyway, uh, the RIAA, recording... Um, industry, artists, I don't know, academy, I, I don't know what they're called, but the, one of the things about playing bumper promos is that um, I'm going to point you back to the website, asi247.org, and you can click on the music tab, and you can download the songs in their entirety. So, yeah, I play little bumpers, little snippets of the songs, and you can download them all right there on the website. It's another way to keep me cool with the recording industry association of america that is uh and i ran out of bumpers from the chronicles of life and death because i've played a bumper from every single song on that album in the decalogue series of shows good charlotte anyways uh introducing my website is asi247.org once again my name is russ shaw my facebook my twitter my email address are all right there on the website boom got that out of the way there's got to be a record on that one right there. Tell you what, in the in the bag. If you want to contact me, point your browser on your mobile device or uh, what have you to asi247.org. Um, Stitcher Radio, a lot of people listening on Stitcher Radio right now, and not all of the episodes are on Stitcher, so... 
if you want to listen to like the Decalogue episodes and start from the beginning, you can go to the website, again, ASI247.org, and it's all right there on the homepage, the whole Decalogue series of shows. I actually started them a year ago. I know, a little over a year ago, actually. I think it was in May of last year. Functional hell and functional saviors. This episode 138 I was going to do on functional saviors but before I do that because of the wide variety of people listening I wanted to unpack and go into the anatomy of desire I'm going to do the best I can to illustrate and articulate the anatomy of a desire I call the show attitudes of sexual integrity because attitudes are kind of like the fuel in the tank attitudes are rocket fuel towards behaviors and change and where we're right going in life. So I'm going to do the best I can in this show to unpack the anatomy of morality and desire. And that's what I love about music. Music is part of that kind of fuel and tank, right? Like you can feel it. Like there's jet fuel sometimes in some pieces of music that help you reflect, that help you see where you're at, that maybe even move you forward in your life. Like being in a good mood, having a good day, and you turn on a song, right? I love that, that scene in Jerry Maguire where he's he's in a great mood and he's like popping around on the radio trying to find a, a song that will go in tune with how he feels in that moment where he's just signed to this quarterback and his life is going great and he's like getting ready to sing a song he's like no 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 oh there we go and then he's just singing to the tune love that the rhythms and melodies of life right in music love music the this whole podcast has been you know partially where i present a piece of music and then i talk about some of the attitudes that that piece of music has, you know, filtered through my heart, through my soul, right, and sharing that with you. And having other people who, you know, the music and what songs that they write that bounce off their hearts and souls and minds and, you know, when we talk about this stuff. Um, truth be told, and it's one thing I really want to get across today, I really want you to right process through your brain there to to digest and and if you can't digest it man and if it gives you a little bit of a, a tummy ache or you're just having a hard time processing it um, again russ at asi247.org if you want to send me an email we can talk about it i i love that i love the dialogue i love to right bounce stuff off of people so again anything that right anything you want to talk about shoot me an email let's discuss it let's bring it up let's let's bring it to the surface and actually talk about it because listen one of the things that keeps people stuck the most is stubbornness right like i got this i know this that guy's an idiot boom i'm gonna stay right where i'm at or uh, he's just uninformed or whatever i've been put that guy in a box i'm not gonna say anything i'm just gonna right i'm just gonna move on with my life and put that over there so one of the passions for doing the show is it's an interactive show, right? I, I'm willing to talk about stuff. I'm not going to slam down the gavel of judgment on you, but I do want to challenge some of the things that you may believe that have taken root in your belief system and have um, got you where you are today, right? So there's two audiences 
that I'm going to be speaking to, and I realize that, right? There's this spiritual, hyper-spiritual audience over here that says, you know, it's less about rules and stuff like that, and, you know, you just kind of make up your own, I don't know, your own connection with God as you go along with your life. It doesn't really matter that much, you know. Just God is love, baby, you know. Peace, tie-dye shirts, um, right? herbal anyway uh, <laughs> and then there's the other camp which is that you're just wires in a box right and there's a lot of that in um, you know, the atheist college professor some of you college students are taught that right like your your consciousness is just synapses that fire around in your brain right that that lump of meat that you got on your shoulders you know somewhere up in there in your hippocampus right somewhere in your cortex you know, all these synapses are firing firing around and you know they hit into your frontal lobe and that is you know that's your life that's your consciousness that's who you are that's where love springs from um, I disagree all right I disagree with both um, there is a system to love and you're not just wires in a box and the big idea the big thing that I want to get into doing this show is that we are very very spiritual beings all right we are built and made by a creator, a creator God who created the heavens and the earth, who created time and space. All right, you hear these guys, well, who made God, you know? Uh, if, the, if everything had to have a beginning, then who made God? Um, the Bible is going to say that God always was, all right? That matter and and space and time, right? We're, we're part of his creation. God is creator. There's a difference, there's a big difference in religions, all right? One of the biggest things that a lot of religions will teach is that God is the planet, right? That God is the, the creation, that God is the air. Um, not true. The Bible is going to have very different language. The Bible that's been around for 6,000 years, right, is going to have very different language. People studying this stuff, really on their knees, freaking out, kind of like some of us in addiction, you know, pressing into God, asking him questions, and then writing that stuff down. And the prophets, right, the the people that, I mean, the Bible is just, it's, it's trustworthy, all right? Um... I don't have time to go into Jesus papers and all the, right? I mean, that's been around for years, all right? Those guys have been around for years, the kind of scriptural trolls, okay? Um, the point is that we are limited in scope, so we don't know everything, right? What, that's one of the big reasons I trust the scriptures, that we are created beings and that God is creator, that's our relationship with him. Um, it's our relationship with everything on the earth, being good stewards of the earth, right? The things in it. My point is that we are spiritual beings. In the book of Genesis, the fall happens, right? Where God is, asks us to obey him, right? Just trust me, you know, do the things I say. But he doesn't make robots either, right? I mean, that's one of the biggest things that people have a problem with evil. And every every topic, every time I've gotten this talk with folks about the topic of evil, why evil exists, is because we are created beings who can do our own thing. We can make our own decisions. 
And lots of people want to speculate as to how we got here, right? I mean, the atheists and the theists, right, the religious folks um, want to stick a hard line on the book of Genesis, and the atheists want to stick a hard line on evolution, um, evolutionary systems. You know, we all evolved from, I don't know, primordial goo. Um, C.S. Lewis is one of my oh, favorite theologians, right, if you want to call him that. Um, some things I do agree with him on and some things I don't, but I found a great way to punch through a lot of this, you know, level two, what I call level two kind of argument on facts. I mean, we can talk about facts all day long of theology or evolution. Um, what C.S. Lewis would do to kind of cut to the quick, and this is what he believed, was that what if they're both right? And listen, this is what C.S. Lewis believed, so save your email for a minute, but listen, follow me with this line of reasoning, all right? Okay, what if we did evolve, and the book of Genesis has a lot to do with, the in the creation, as a metaphor or an analogy to what happened in science, okay? So he would, he would agree with the scientists on some of the evolutionary biology, and he would agree with the theologians on what is the book of Genesis. But he would tell them that, did it happen literally like that, right? Um, some of that I would tend to agree with, and some of it I don't. For example, I don't necessarily believe that the devil came down like a snake on a tree, right? You know, like you put your hand in a sock puppet and he's like, hey, eat the fruit off the tree, right? Um, this has a lot to do with metaphor, analogy, what happened in God explaining it to us so that we can understand it in the book of Genesis, okay? Does that make sense? So how can C.S. Lewis have it both ways? You know, like evolutionary, how can evolutionary biology be right and the narrative of the book of Genesis be right? And again, this is C.S. Lewis's reasoning, his faith reasoning, all right? For example, something I shared on, on Facebook yesterday. Here's what I shared, and this is a great example of what I'm talking about here. If you don't have a, an anchored belief system on what you know to be true, if you don't, if you're not anchored or grounded or, or, you know, have a foundation for your belief system on what you know is true, you will succumb to unhealthy social norms. Now, there's a metaphor for that, right? Some of these old country dudes will have some really cool things to say that are absolutely true that don't have all that fancy pants terminology in it, big words, right? They'll say this, if you don't live for something, you'll die for anything. Okay, you see what I'm talking about? Is the is in C.S. Lewis's mind, is the Book of Genesis true? Absolutely. Is the the you know evolutionary biology true? He, yes, he believed. Um, I don't tend to believe that so much at, uh, from what I know about DNA. Right? I mean, C.S. Lewis died in the '60s. Died before I was born. Um, there's a lot more science out there now. Um, but again. You know, there's still no plausible argument for that machine inside your head called your eyeball, all right? There's still no logical, scientific, plausible explanation for that. It's, it's a faith. The reason you believe it is it's a faith issue. One species to another, all right? From a chicken to a Tyrannosaurus rex, right? From a Tyrannosaurus rex evolves into a chicken, all right? There's a lot of faith 
that has to be believed in order for that to happen all right there's a huge amount of science holes in that scientifically you know from a cat to a duck I mean biologically these don't make a lot of sense plausibly and scientifically all right in the 21st century from what we know about DNA the fact that it's a code okay I'm not gonna go on and on about that but I do tend to believe that the Bible is more literal than a lot of people C.S. Lewis for example um, wanted to agree with <laughs> so I love C.S. Lewis but I'm gonna part ways on that one and really ultimately it all comes down to a heart issue you place your faith in it right it's not a it's not a matter of science it's a matter of faith if it was a matter of science you could prove it to be true like the, every argument lately right that I've been in with atheist folks who want to argue biology with me I'll say then prove it if there's no God you prove it you can't prove it and I can't prove there is a God the facts are that part of our relationship with God is that he wants us to love and believe in and have faith in him you are saved by grace through faith it's a faith issue you can't prove it you're placing your faith in it that is where you land in your decision-making whether you like it or not you want to say that it's science but it's not if it was provable it would have been proven people used to believe the world was flat right it's not flat no that's not in the Bible that the world is flat by the way there's there's <laughs> arguments that people bring up just listen we can prove that the earth isn't flat so we don't put our faith in the fact that maybe we might fall off the side of the earth no we know that there's satellite pictures there's proof there's evidence that the world isn't flat so we put our faith in the fact that the world is round you can fly around the world you can sail around the world you're not gonna fall off the side right Th this is a faith issue my faith and my trust and my hope can rest in that fact it's plausible and the way that C.S. Lewis solved his faith issue was through the way he believed, that he believed this way. That's how he solved the faith issue. He's not going to get in arguments with, about you with biology, right? Because where he landed in his heart, where his faith rested. What if, right, for all of you who want to argue with me about evolutionary biology, what about C.S. Lewis's view? Okay, so I just wanted to throw that out there to get kind of get the hamster on the wheel on your brain to think about that for a moment. One of the things that I'm going to disagree with about evolutionary biology in the topic of science and in the topic of psychology is that some of the scientific method just doesn't go deep enough. Scientific method in science is this, that the most rational, obvious conclusion is the right one. Paul Bloom, who's a college professor of psychology at Yale, actually told this story when it comes to the scientific method, and I thought it was brilliant. Um, Wolfgang Pauli was a physicist who was born in 1900, right, um, 20th century physicist, and he had a competitor that was, you know, critiquing his work and stuff, and so somebody asked him, what do you think about your competitor's work? And he said, you know what, his work is crap. He's not right. As a matter of fact, he's not wrong either, right? Like, okay, it's just vague. 
okay? Like, you know, pointing to surface solutions to issues that, right, there's more complexity to. And the great big elephant in the room when it comes to human behavior and decision-making is emotion, right? We don't always make the most logical, rational choices. Um, I've been in sales for a lot of years, and something that you can ask any professional salesperson, anybody that knows or holds their weight in sales, and you ask them, you say, do people make most of their decisions based on emotion and attitude or logic? right? Does everybody weigh out everything and then make a decision to buy something or do they do it more than likely most of the time on emotion and attitude? As a salesperson, your energy sells. Any staunch Wall Street trader will also tell you that the market, the stock market, is mainly driven by emotion more than it is logic, right? News pops up, and we're not necessarily always weighing all the facts. When we hear news, we react emotionally. And listen, I'm not selling God here, all right? For some of you who the demons in your mind may have plugged that or sent that into your brain just now, let me tell you something. I'm not selling God. I am a herald, all right? It's one of the things I do here. It's one of the things I do with my life. I'm a herald for the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is good news, all right? It is, it is news. It's not me selling you a product. It is me telling you a news story that has been something that happened in the past that affects you today. All right, so I'm not selling God, just to clear that up right there. I'm heralding news. And listen, all right, check this out. Turn up, turn up the, the volume on your device there, all right? Listen, this has more to do with spiritual energy than cognitive science, all right? That's why it's hard to find a good salesperson who can do this effectively. If it was all about logic, it would be easy. Not so much your being able to explain the facts. You can bore the crap out of people with facts. I mean, people don't make decisions that way. So, for example, there's a, a ton of research that will go to, well, why do people make decisions like that, right? And then they start to try and explain it away logically. Um, <laughs> because people are attitudes. People have, right, I mean, depending on where they're caught up in the moment and how they feel at the time, I mean, let the music play. I mean, there's all sorts of things that come in and meet us at certain times in our lives that drive our lives forward. And if there's anything, I mean, about the Tenth Commandment that I could communicate to you, it, its big one is this: that you know, I live in the United States, right here in the in the U.S. We are we are big on capitalism and marketing. You know, it drives our economy. It drives TV. I mean, that's kind of been carried out throughout the world. That you know, a TV show comes on and it's sponsored by somebody. You know, you watch the ads in order to see the TV show because somebody's got to pay for all this. So, right, so you see the ad and then maybe you want to buy the product and that's how, you know, your favorite show is funded because of, of that. I've actually been approached by that doing this podcast. I was approached um, a couple times by somebody who wanted to sponsor the show, I don't know, psychotherapists or something like that. or uh, And I said, no, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to. 
this is a different economy, right? Doing what I do here. Um, but do you see what I'm saying? That the 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife. That, I mean, that is marketing. And it's funny how Pastor Mark talks a lot about this, you know, functional hell, like I talked about, touched on a lot in the last show. You're in hell and you need a savior. That is marketing. And, and there's here in the States, I don't know if this has been uh, exported to the rest of the world, but we have a thing called infomercials. And they usually come on late at night, you know, um, you know, like 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, even sometimes on Saturdays during the day. And it's like a whole half-hour show that's a commercial. But they try and make it entertaining. And, you know, and usually they start out like this. And, and here's this is kind of the genesis of some of these infomercials where they have some woman and she's standing there and her hair's all messed up and she's like I can't get this thing to open you know and she has some kind of leftover food that she wants to warm up so she's you know has this bowl in her hand and she's trying to get it open and her hair's all frazzled and she's all frustrated and you can see her face and she's all Arr! so you know she opens it up and it falls and the food flies all over the kitchen and then she looks directly at the camera with a scowl on her face and then right and then introducing the savior <laughs> they don't say that but you know the the toppy container you know so the toppy container comes out and you know all of a sudden they show the woman again and she's putting food in the container she's she's dressed well and groomed well in this photo right because you want to see that she's no longer in hell she has the toppy container so now she is in her functional heaven the savior has come along and boom there she is in her in her heaven with the topic container that has solved all of her kitchen problems okay do you see where I'm going with this we are spiritual beings and that is how we make decisions right we're not always succumbing to the infomercial but we do have attitudes that run through us we end up in these places these functional hells like oh this sucks man I hate being in traffic save me from the stress you know I mean that's a big deal we get stressed out and we look for a functional savior and again going back to the spiritual aspect of this and what I'm going to call is the anatomy of a desire I'm gonna close the show on this and give you something to think about to digest this week our life is a constant pouring out right we never just arrive at one certain pinnacle place in life that every day unfolds there's new situations there's new journeys there's new adventures there's new news every single day right are you following me here you understand check this out focus in listen okay our lives are unfolding every day and how we react or respond to news will reflect a degree of spiritual energy not just emotional energy and I'll talk about a lot of that in the next show but check this out spiritual energy a situation presents itself a need or want starts to bubble up from the inside right and this emotional response can be physically seen on on the surface we react emotionally through what we do right the frequency of emotional intensity to the reaction to whatever news is received shows how much we care about or are impacted by that news um, you get a letter in the mail you win a free carpet cleaning it's like eh, 
no, <laughs> right? You're just going to try and sell me some more stuff, and you're going to clean one room and high-pressure me on how to clean the rest of my house for $1,000. No, thank you. You receive a, a, a check in the mail for $10,000. You're going to have a very different emotional response. Yes? Um, a loved one has a cold or a sickness and illness and they they send you a text message um you get a letter from across the country saying that your right one of your parents are dying very different emotional response is going to come out of you right it's like from a trickle coming out of a garden hose to a fire hose blowing out full blast this is this emotional spiritual energy that we all have the language of the Bible is talking about that we're kind of like a fountain that's constantly pouring out all of the time the ancient Jews uh, they're the ones that came up with this analogy of the heart right this heart is this muscle inside your chest that's beating out blood from the inside out that's how our spiritual life flows as well we are constantly pouring out spiritual energy all of the time. This constant pouring out that every living creature on the planet does is called worship, alright? All the things we do in life and how we would react to life are an act of worship. This is getting underneath the springboard of desire. It's all an act of worship to the creator of all things or to created things. And what I'm going to talk about on the next show, talking about functional saviors, what I'm going to try and really illustrate and articulate is the fact that we settle for cheap desires. We're so apt to settle for those um, that don't build a foundation in order to draw from this rich well of satisfaction, right? rolling stones I can't get no satisfaction because our desires don't go deep enough that's another quote by CS Lewis where we're content to play in the mud puddle when God has for us a, a holiday at the beach we're not deep enough in our thinking we're not really right we focus too much on feeding ourselves diets of superficial stories and ways that we solve the the issues of life right we, we don't have a firm foundation built on what where our spring for for desire comes from does that make sense and moving into talking about the topic of functional savior the breaking of the tenth commandment to to realize this to focus in on this check this out um the breaking of is a, is a heart level attitude breaking the tenth commandment being covetous um, it's covered here in the book of proverbs uh, proverbs twenty three this is from the amplified bible um, verse six not having a giving heart right having a heart that's wanting to take like that person has what I want I want what they have it's it's the opposite of being generous of heart. Um, Proverbs 23, starting verse 6. Do not eat the bread of him who has a hard, grudging, and envious eye, neither desire his dainty foods. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As one who reckons, 
he says to you, eat and drink, yet his heart is not with you, but his grudging, but he is grudging the cost, right? Like he's saying, yeah, I'll take you out to dinner, sure, you know, and then he's like, I gotta pay for this guy's dinner, you know, you can almost sense it, if you're in a business meeting with that guy, you can almost sense that he's begrudgingly buying you dinner. Um, anyway, verse 8, to continue on, the morsel which you have eaten, you will vomit up, and your complimentary words will be wasted. This is this metaphorical language towards the condition of the heart and towards responding to news and how we're going to respond to news in the future. I used to end every show with this, and I'm going to end with this again today. 20% of life is the stuff that happens to us, and 80% is how we react to it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Covetousness is a part of thinking, and it goes deeper than you realize. Second Timothy um, chapter 4 and verse 3, For a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, right? Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Alright, man, I've, I've talked to so many people via email, and man, I'm praying for you guys and I just pray that you realize that is there some truth to what I'm talking about are you willing to investigate it right are you spending a ton of energy and there's a ton of salespeople and a ton of folks who will sell you a product and welcome you in and hey come on in and they'll treat the symptom the symptoms in your brain but they're not going to treat the infection in your heart and the biggest reason why is because heart stuff hits a raw nerve and that we have an emotional uh, reaction to that news and it hurts sometimes and we don't like it and we get offended. I'm not trying to offend you for sake of offending you, alright? This is not shock jock podcasting. I love you and I'm concerned about your future. I'm concerned about your heart. I'm concerned about what you don't realize when it comes to sexual integrity. God's not an abusive father up there trying to destroy your fun. He wants good for you. I want good for you. And we're all hungry and thirsty and we react and we all have our fire hoses that spray out or trickle all of the time. I'm going to leave you with a bumper by a band called Fire Flight. The song is called The Hunger. Love this tune. Love this band. Um, my email address is russ at asi247.org. Until next time, I love you guys, man. I mean that sincerely. Bye. Jaded, stuck in a rut that you created Why don't you break the cycle, let love win Cause you want